0: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Freeman Means Business Wonder Women in Business podcast. Everyone has a story, and our Wonder Women in Business podcasts give a voice to those women who have a story that's meaningful, moving, and compelling. We share their stories with the world so that in their shining, they give permission to others to shine as well. Tune in to Freeman Means Business on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Breaker, and Radio Public for our great guests. Today's guest is Erin Ford of KMS Financial Services in Seattle. First of all, Erin, let me say what an honor it is to have you on the show. Well, Susan, thank you so much. It's, It's an absolute pleasure to be here. Well, let us know a little bit more about yourself. Tell the audience who you are, who you were, who you have been, what got you where you are today.
1: Absolutely. Well, thank you. And I am the president of KMS Financial Services, but altogether I've been able to just really enjoy and am very thankful for this being my 28th year in serving the financial services profession. I'm very committed to this profession as I have a deep-rooted belief in the fact that our financial advisors change lives. To order to paint the picture a little bit, actually TMS um, is the third firm I've had the opportunity to serve for, and each has been very impactful to my career. I started out at 22, for 22 years at my family-owned firm, started by my parents. Um, they started it back in the late 60s, I joined in 1990 and served there for 22 years of my career, and then transitioned to Cetera Advisors, where I was promoted to the role of president, Um, and I'm very grateful for the time that I was there and all that I learned um, from that wonderful environment, and have just now been serving at KMS Financial Services for the past nine months. But a little bit more about myself, I did graduate from the University of Washington with a bachelor's degree in speech communications. I think that was one of the greatest gifts early on is that I didn't make it into business school. I was weeded out, um, accounting weeded me out of business school and found that speech communications, that strength, is something that has been a tremendous uh, benefit in serving me in a fairly technical profession. And then from a community standpoint, uh, just a couple months ago, I launched the Aaron Ford Leadership Scholarship, which provides scholarships for females entering into the financial services industry. And we just had an opportunity to honor our our inaugural recipients, recipients, both from immigrant families. And then obviously from a community standpoint, I really try to support both my daughters. My oldest is 17. Um, they're both in high school. My um is very active in DECA, which, for those of you who don't know, is a business and marketing program. And I try to, to lend support there in judging competitions and being involved on the family front. And with Alexa, who's 15, she just entered into DECA that has a passion for soccer. So you can find me, although not a former soccer player, I try to be right there supporting her along the way. And I believe that mainly with the two of them as young females, it's all about building confidence in their unique abilities and strengths. And then just one more bit about my my past, which I do think is kind of, it it, it paints a lot of the picture of of how I think and believe, is that um, upon graduating from the University of Washington in 1990, I was unable to find a job. At the time, I knew my parents had a position open to be a receptionist, of which I asked my dad if I could hold that position for about a year until I found what I really wanted to do when I grew up. Um, He let me know that I would have to apply for it and that it required a Series 7 and a Series 24. And for anyone who knows the financial services industry, those two licenses are, are very much not needed for a receptionist position. Right. Um, but yet um, he felt very strong that I earned the right to serve. And as a daughter, you know, it was, it was the bar was going to be to be higher. And so I went into the Series 24 class at the age of 21. Um, it was a room of men all in suits. And I was in my powder pink matching champion <laughs> outfit. Awesome. And um, and had a note passed to me within the first few minutes that said, "You'll never make it in here." <gasps> oh, and you pretty amazing to think that I still have that note today. Um, in my office, it's something that powers me every day because I think that, um, from a standpoint of just supporting each other as women, especially for those of us in male-dominated professions, is just so critically important.
0: That is so great. So I have to say, first of all, listening to you intently, I realized what a great daughter you've been, what a great mother you are, and how amazing, what a great example for other women who are breaking into or even making great strides within male-dominated industries like financial services. So I love that you kept that note. Is that, is that hanging on your wall at work and empowering you every day? Or I mean, that's just fantastic. It is. It's something that I would
1: tell you that it definitely is a conversation starter for, for many just seeing the physical note. I, I had it framed. And again, I use it as a just a really opportunity to open up meaningful conversations with others about what they can forge as well
0: totally that is so great i would love so when we do these podcasts they're very conversational and i write a blog about them and then insert the podcast i would love to have a picture of that hanging on your wall to insert in the the blog after this is just so fantastic and to imagine the powder pink uh, warm-up suit i think i'm thinking you know um how many stereotypes that did did you break with doing so well and succeeding? Um, that brings me to what exactly is your proudest professional accomplishment?
1: Well, Susan, thank you for that question. It's 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 meaningful to me to be able to share because it is related to my mom. Um, so earlier this year, actually, my proudest professional accomplishment was earlier this year in. June, there was an industry women's conference in Chicago, and I was asked to speak with my mom um, on business succession and mentoring. And as a backdrop, as I mentioned, my mom served as the president of the firm I grew up in and has truly been a very powerful mentor to me. She was diagnosed with breast cancer in 1999, and that really catapulted our firm at the time. Into succession planning before we had planned to. And so she didn't really leave the time in her industry, in our industry, as she should have. I believe in building others up, and she should have left with a feeling on top, but due to her health um, professionally, she wasn't held up to the degree at back at that time that she had earned. So this gift in us being asked to speak together again it's been almost 20 years since we've spoken together on stage and she just now is almost 81 years old and so the opportunity for us to reflect both professionally and personally about what our relationship has been to each other again not only in a succession planning conversation and what we would do the same and what we would do different but also from a mentoring capacity. And to have her with me on stage in June, um, it just was a gift to the two of us to have that time together. But to the room, there was not a dry eye in the room, and she received a standing ovation. Wow. To the... And to me, it it was such a, when I say an accomplishment, it was because It let her understand the positive impact she has made to our profession, but also to people's lives. And it just, you know, fast forward that 20 years to today and to be able to give that gift of lifting her up and having her go out on top was, it was just a a moment I'll treasure and never forget.
0: I'm sure that she too will remember for the rest of her days that that's what life is about creating positive memories for yourself and others. I think that's fantastic. Um, Your mom is clearly a role model. You mentioned that she's your mentor. Is there another person who's been an inspiration to you or who has mentored you? You know, I would share that actually when I think about
1: my most inspirational mentor, you know, I, I do think about my mom in that light, um, and and especially because she was such a pioneer in the financial services profession, a female leader in the 80s, where many times she would walk into a room and be handed a pen, um, assuming that she was the you know quote unquote secretary. But when I joined the the industry, I was able to see how much she leads with courage. And passion and care. And that's something we hear a lot about today in today's environment. But to see that that's how she was leading back in the 80s. And she always had this very, um, very unique work hard, play hard strategy where she made a plan to succeed, not only professionally, but as well as personally. And as a family and as well as a mentor, she really. You know, really parted with me just this importance of enjoying the journey and treasuring the moments in the moment. Because so many times we keep looking ahead and, and we don't stop and really smell the roses and, and really just take in um, what an impact we make day to day.
0: Yes. So in my family, we are um, very much about carpe diem, be here now stop and smell the roses um, and don't, don't, don't look in the rearview mirror so much except for to, to learn lessons from what, what you went through and don't focus so much too far ahead because then you miss where you are at the moment. So I agree with you totally. You talk about your mom and her leadership style in such a way that it brings to mind a book I'm reading right now called Dare to Lead by Brene Brown. If you have not read that book, you should. It sounds a lot like your mom's leadership style and one that you probably uh, live as well. What is a book that you've uh, read or maybe a favorite book of yours to let the audience know a little bit more about you, what you do when you're not at work? So
1: first of all, I have to comment. So I just last night, I'm about on page 25 on Dare to Lead. So it's actually (laughs) I'm reading um, Right. right now. So, but another one that I and have recently read and has made an impact on me is called Now Discover Your Strength by Donald Clifton and Marcus Buckingham. I read it quite a few years ago, but have picked it up again in the spirit, as I mentioned, of joining KMS and being nine months in as an exercise that we're going through as a leadership team to go through, in the back of the book, everyone gets a unique code to take an online assessment that comes along with the purchase of the book. And as a team, going through just a really healthy dialogue of understanding what each of us bring from a unique strengths and abilities, and then how to use that to empower and lift us and see our our strengths as complementary versus Sometimes I believe in our country, too many things are focused on weaknesses or what's wrong. And this really flips the conversation to say, let's become very aware of what we each bring and then lean into each other in a meaningful way.
0: Nice. Very nice. So when I write the blog about this podcast, I'll be sure to include a link to that book. It sounds like a a read I certainly will uh, enjoy. And I think many of my listeners might as well. So Let's think about this. I, you know me from, from my writings and from inviting you to this podcast. We have a mutually beneficial friend who knows that I'm all about lifting women up. That said, how do you advise other women to support women in business, at least in Seattle, if not everywhere? Absolutely. And, and you'll definitely see some, some threads of some
1: comments that I made earlier, but I really think three themes. Um, in this area, kind of three specific um, kind of areas of of thought that I would share. One is what I would call celebrate strengths and honor challenges. And to my earlier point, I'm a firm believer in being self-aware about myself. I always try to look into myself first and make sure that I'm understanding my unique strengths and leaning into those as well as areas that I'm not as strong. And also being aware of those around you and their unique strengths. I mentioned the, the resource of Now Discover Your Strengths is a book. I'd also say I'm, I am a fan of taking the Colby assessment as a way to really get to know your unique strengths and style. As well, I've been through an exercise more recently. I'm a part of a, it's called in um, strategic coach. It's a professional coaching program I'm in right now for entrepreneurs of all types. And it led us through a process where you send a letter to 20 individuals around you, whether it's personally or professionally, um, the 20 most uh, individuals in your life who make the greatest impact, and you write a letter and you ask them. To send you what they see in you of your unique talents, interests, and capabilities. And that exercise I saw as a real game changer, not only for myself, but for my colleagues in that course, because again, you start to really crystallize um, who you are, what you bring, and then the skill sets that you need around you to thrive. Next, I would say just always in the spirit of lifting. One another is to always be kind to yourself and to others, and really be willing to listen. I feel that, you know, I always laugh and say there's a reason that we have two ears and one mouth. is so that we we listen twice as much as we speak. And I think that when you take that holistic approach with other women, um, and just understanding not only everybody has dreams and goals, but also fears and stuff that's going on in life and I believe that when we lift one another, give genuine compliments, um, facilitate introductions for each other and just help bring strength around each other in times of, again, I think everybody just, as we move forward, I'm just a firm believer in making sure we, we wrap our arms around those closest to us as well as You know, casting a larger net and doing that on a more global basis as well. And third, I I would.
0: I love that. So when I listen to you talk about this, um, I think of Geert Hofstede's cultural dimensions and studies he did on nations and countries and how we behave. Americans, and in our country, being so young, such a young country we still suffer with what comes um, with individualism. But most countries who've been around like an older, wiser grandpa or grandma might have the thought of collectivism. We're all in this together. And so I love that you as a young person who's owning and operating your own, um, your own livelihood is, is based on your behaviors, your choices, your, that you choose to help others. And that's how you help yourself is by helping others. I love that very much. Um, lifting others. That's that's what this business is all about that I'm in. So it sounds like everything's been great other than, um, sadly, your mom's illness. But it sounds like your life has been a, a lot of successes. I'm sure that all that comes with a few challenge, challenges. What What exactly has been maybe your biggest challenge or setback? And how did you overcome it? Well,
1: I I definitely believe that we've all had our own challenges and setbacks, and I've definitely experienced mine as well, and have seen those as such an opportunity um, to grow, although sometimes viewing it is that opportunity takes the perspective of time. But specifically coming out of the recession, so coming out of the 2008, 2009 era, Um, With our family firm, which had been in business for 40 years at that point, just had too many straws on the camel's back from a standpoint that the the recession applied so much, we were already on a very thin margin business. And, And so it just came to be that both from a liability standpoint, as well as a financial standpoint, we realized we need to... sell our our family firm of 40 years and there was a lot of emotion and I found that as a leader a lot of the emotion of the guilt that came along with selling the family firm is we just waited too long and so at the point that we were ready to make a move we didn't have any firms out there that were interested anymore in acquiring us Um, so instead we did an introduction agreement and for a 40 year firm basically what that meant is we had a 30 day window in December of 2011 so over the holidays to really put a value on our firm because what happened was for every financial advisor we recruited to the firm that I was going to go join we were paid basically a one time fee and so if you can imagine sitting here in in December of 2011 I had a lot of guilt Um, written about the closing of the firm. We made the announcement of the closing of the firm actually on the date of our 40th year anniversary. And out of, gosh, so many, I mean, just Susan, so many tears and pain for a 40 year chapter coming to close that, you know, it was just, and there was a lot of denial, even, even our advisors who had been with us for decades, there was a lot of denial because of this institution my my parents had really built, but then, you know, again, as I mentioned, it, it was one of the hardest things I've ever been through, both, you know, emotionally as well as financially, but then, you know, looking back, and after we transitioned to the new firm, we learned it was the most successful of that type of an arrangement, um, and that it ended up leading to A call out for me in wealthmanagement.com as being one of the top leaders to watch with the success of how we navigated that transition. As well, I think the most rewarding or the biggest silver lining for me is that community of financial advisors that came with me to the new firm produced over and above by 30% to where they ever had at Pacific West. So it, it kind of showed that a new environment, although different, the change really generated some very productive and healthy results.
0: That's great. So it probably, you know, just just something new and fresh and different. It probably started new conversations as well. Um, I have to say that overcoming, I, I get the guilt. I get it. I mean, it was your family business. And it had operated so well. The recession hit so many of us hard. I used to be in financial services, as I mentioned before our podcast, I mentioned to you, um, most of the audience knows that I was in financial services before legal. Uh, but it was tough. It was very tough. It was tough. Even in the successful days, it was tough for women to survive in that industry. But boy, when the recession hit, it was really tough. It was, um, you know it was almost how do you you stay afloat? How do you make a name for yourself? and in your case, I can just imagine the feeling that you must have had how how hard that was, but look at you now, I mean wow, um, tell us something we don't know, like a surprising fact about you, something that people who do know you probably don't know about you you know
1: it's it's a fun, what a fun question, and I was thinking about and reflecting. Um, on this and and thought about one thing that I think is is interesting is my own k- Handicap if you will is that I'm legally blind. So I I can distinguish color Which then allows me to on my license plate. It, it shows that although I'm legally blind. I still can Distinguish color, but when I go into for example the eye doctor and they put the big E on the, the wall, I know it's an E because we all know it's an E, but I can't see it. And so it is something that if I think about, again, from a, from a standpoint of something I've had to overcome in my life, um, has been my eyesight. It, it really got poor in my 30s, and they, they didn't know why. Um, but now, thankfully, obviously, with, with between glasses and contacts, I'm able to get through on a daily basis. But uh, without those, um, it could be a bit challenging, but definitely something that not a lot of people know.
0: I have to say, I have to say that's very interesting because um, I am—I have macular degeneration. So I'm listening intently as to how you solve this, how you. Um, but I guess with, like you said, glasses, contacts, modern medicine, um, I don't have a solution for what I have. Um, there, I think, are some some options to take medicine that will prevent it from getting worse, but there's no reversing it. So I sort of feel your pain in some way. I think it's amazing that you have um, overcome that and no one knew that. I, I think legally blind is a, is a scary deal. My mother was legally blind. They took her license away at some point, but she's 85. So you have a long way to go before you have to worry about that. Um, but well, yeah, that is you sharing with me
1: about, about you as well. So we'll definitely need to keep, keep close on that.
0: Sure. For sure. I expect you and I will keep in touch for a long time. So let me ask you this, because you are in a professional services, uh, business and you are delightful and people want to do business with people they know, like, and trust. How can people who want to do business with you reach you?
1: Well, thank you for asking that. And I would say the easiest ways is one on LinkedIn. So under LinkedIn is a great way to get a hold of me as well. I wanted to share uh, my email address, which is very easy. It's Ford F O R D at K M S dot com. And that's a great way to get a hold of me as well. And even I would be very willing to share um, and happy to share that example of that letter I had sent out in the search of really finding and reflecting on your unique abilities. I'd be happy to respond with a sample letter of that type as well.
0: That's fantastic. So I've never had a guest offer a value add um, through the podcast. I think that's really, uh, first of all, smart business, but I also think it's from your heart and really great. I actually wrote a note to myself while you were talking to ask her for the letter to 20 of my tribe. <laughs> Got so it, yeah. I it's great, I'm excited. I'll be one of those people that emails you for that letter. Um, Perfect. So in closing, I just wanna say thank you. You are delightful. Um, most of the people who listen to me know what I do. I do a lot of gender-based uh, st- communication style differences training, uh, how to f- combat gender bias in the workplace and business development training for both lawyers and financial advisors. So we have a lot of crossover and I look forward to meeting you personally the next time I am in Seattle, which is often. So this has been great. Is there anything else you'd like to say before we say goodbye?
1: You know, I was just gonna say how much I appreciate the opportunity and you are just a joy. And so I really look forward to continuing to forge a path together ahead.
0: Absolutely. And being that it's the week of Thanksgiving, I give thanks for having met you today on this podcast and to all of you out there, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.